Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 183 of the 365 Message Center show. Today, we're talking about uh, text predictions in Word for Windows, allowing anonymous presenters in Teams live events and introducing a SharePoint app bar. Let's roll it. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. Hello, Daryl. Hello, Daniel. Um, I'm bringing some New Zealand ambiance uh, today. Mm. You should ambiance. be able to hear the cicadas. Ambiance. That's ambiance. French for yes. flying bugs. Oh, is it? Cicadas. No, cicadas. Cicadas are fine. Well, okay. See, see, that was funny. I mean, everyone in the chat room's laughing. I get it. I'm, I'm hilarious. I Look at it. all of those LOLs that have been typed right now. Yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, we do, we have some exciting announcements today. Uh, oh, Daryl did flash up the laughy for those uh, in the audio podcast. The reaction in Teams. Um, we have some exciting announcements today and uh, some some quick mentions. We actually have more quick mentions this week than we ever had uh, and then a, a, a good callback. So we've got a full show. So I think we should, you know, dive right into it if you're OK with that. You OK with that? And go. Yes. <laughs> All right. So first up is our headline. This is. Introducing a SharePoint app bar that features global navigation. And um, actually, this is not even the longest title uh, for a message this week, which is interesting. This is MC240066. Uh, rolling out early March to something because it doesn't actually tell us in the message. Um, it just hmm. says early March through and then there's nothing. Um, but uh, and then early and that's for targeted release. And then if you have target for tenant, and then if you have targeted release for special user, uh, if you've which I've never called it that. that uh, it's not even that called that. Well, that's and, that preview, public preview internally, isn't it? And well, it's the uh, if you select a group of users that get all your targeted release, then that's what it gets. Mm. Special user. That's a term I've not heard before. Anyway. Um, that is early March through mid-March uh, rollout. And then standard is mid-March through mid-April. Okay, let's dive right into this one because there's a bit of information here. So what this is, is really a global navigation coming to SharePoint. And it has four sections. So global nav, sites, news, and files. Uh, the sites, news, and files... For those that are familiar with the SharePoint start page, you should be familiar with those. That's that content coming into a navigation form, into a menu form um, for those three. And then, uh, and that content, of course, is driven by the Microsoft Graph. Uh, the uh, global navigation is actually, you must have a home site. You must have a SharePoint site that you've uh turned into a home site that you said, hey, that's my home site, because the global navigation is driven from that. So the nav uses the navigation from your home site. Well, uh, which home, which navigation? Because if your site is a, your home site is a hub site, okay, which it can be, then you can use either the hub or the home site 
navigation. How does this, okay, we'll get into that in a second, of how all that works. If your home site is not a hub, that's okay. Then you can use the home sites nav, or you can use a secondary set of navigation notes. Okay, and that's what it's called. And people maybe have read this message and say, where's Daniel getting all of this? Well, it's actually in the first link under learn more. You get the uh, information here uh, kind of running down. It's a lengthy article telling you about all of this, but um, it, what's key here is it gets really confusing on which nav you're using, but it, it really is depending upon uh, wh what you select, okay? So the, and see, there's a lot of these purple note sections on this page. So, which means there's a lot of kind of details and information that you have to understand. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll down here and this is where you're, you're setting the navigation and on your home site. Okay. So that you set the navigation actually on your home site that goes into effect in the SharePoint app bar. And once you do that, you go there, you go to the settings for the global navigation, then you can select what you're going to use for, you can use a, which is awesome. You can have an icon, a 20 by 20, um, pixels, uh, logo, uh, for that global navigation. And then you can select what you want your navigation to be. Do you want it to be the, if it's a, uh, home site that is a hub, do you want it to be the net hub navigation, which I would actually think you might want to use that might be the more popular uh, option or you could use just the uh, home sites navigation so you can uh, let me scroll down here and that's what this is saying here so you can use the hub site navigation or you can use the site navigation if your home site is a hub if your home site is not a hub then you can use a site navigation right for that site or you can create this secondary set of navigation notes that I just mentioned. It's in effect, you're, you're basically creating the hub navigation in the back end, like behind the scenes. Because if you then turn your home site into a hub later, then the navigation you set up here is then used for your hub site navigation. So you're basically setting it up in the back end. And then uh, if you turn it into a hub site later, then that navigation you set up becomes your hub navigation. So all that to say, uh, you're controlling it. It's not some setting that you go into the SharePoint admin or anything. Your navigation is controlled via your home site. So you must have a home site. Um, there are some risks to use using this and I'll scroll down uh, a little bit further in this article because there are some risks associated with using this app bar. Um, the, it's going to cover up sections on the left-hand side. Microsoft's taking care of the content area, but you're, if you've done some third-party or some code yourself on the third on the uh, footer or header area in, on your site, then it may be covered up by this navigation uh, just sitting there, just this bar, this app bar. Uh, so just be aware that it, it may shift some things around and cover up some things up. So definitely um, look into that uh, to see if it's going to affect your solutions. Um, this will uh, not work for classic sites. It's only for modern SharePoint sites. 
Um, it will it will work in the future for classic sites. They're working on a solution for that, but it's not ready yet. Uh, and they'll give us um, the manual instructions on how to add that to classic sites in the future. And then the last thing I'll mention um, right now is the uh, you can disable it. You can temporarily disable it until October 31st of 2021. Uh, but know that they're just going to turn it on and force it on you um, after that. Uh, I don't, this is something, this global navigation concept has been something that has been talked about and talked about for so long. Maybe even the beginning of SharePoint Online. Uh, it has been talked about so long and we want a global navigation because so many installations of SharePoint on-prem has done that, has, you know, installed their own third party or, or has uh, forced navigation in that way. And so this has been talked about for so long um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. There's some gotchas. No, you can't customize it uh, as far as anything else. Only the global nav can you customize as far as what's in there. Um, for right now, there's no adding apps or anything like that onto the app bar as it sits now. So that's a lot of information. I hope I haven't. Daryl has been just waiting silently with the cicadas. Um, oh no, I'm I'm absorbing it all. Um, <laughs> it it is very, it's complicated. Um, well, but, yeah, and and like you did spend quite a bit of time telling us about the the navigation and its various layers and choices. Um, and that's probably the, the key thing to understand and think about. Mm -hmm. uh, when we started to move to this um, distributed multi-site collection style intranet, um, we got hub sites to bring things together mm -hmm. and that was good. But the global navigation is what we wanna to present to people so that it can bring everything together in terms of SharePoint and the intranet. And so mm -hmm. it's good to see that come in um yeah I, i'm interested to see this and as we talk about that next message shortly too the pattern that we're seeing that <clears throat> these are the four key things that you will see on that sharepoint home site when you go rather to the sharepoint icon launch mm -hmm. the app and you can see news etc yeah files that you're working on um and, and that's so it's, and that's something to point out daryl sorry i didn't say this if you don't configure the global navigation uh, bit, then it actually just reverts to the uh, SharePoint start page. So when right. people will click that, they actually, it'll just take them to the SharePoint start page. And uh, if you don't set up Global Nav, I forgot to mention Right, that. start page versus home page. Mm -hmm. Right, and that's yeah. what I'm getting mixed up with. And I'm sure others are too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Start page being the application and what you would see as a landing page, the SharePoint home as your intranet homepage right that brings everything together yes right exactly. um and i like what you've got there i, I do appreciate the the message uh breaking it down it's good to see the effort and showing what this global navigation is and, and each of the different sites news files it all breaks it down and it's about bringing that all together so it can mm -hmm. be launched from the menu that's right okay so you kind of alluded to this already but Let's talk about the um, the changes in Outlook uh, menu as well. Yeah, it, that is uh, definitely showing the same pattern. Uh, so this is Outlook on the web um, update to how users will access mail, calendar, people, and to-do. 
And you might think, yeah, whatever. Is this really going to be a big deal? Um, and you look at it today. You open up Outlook and, I don't know, are you the sort of person that has the, the menu closed and collapsed mm -hmm. or open? When it's open, you can see all your folder structure and navigate through things that way. No? I have, have it collapsed, collapsed already, which, which is actually, when you do that, it turns into what it's becoming. Basically. I mean, mm. almost. It, it makes everything vertical and it puts it in a little sliver of a menu. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So when your menu is collapsed and your, your folder structure is collapsed, you will see mail, calendar, to-do, people down the bottom right-hand corner. And what we're shifting to is the Outlook app bar, just like we've just been discussing with SharePoint. Those same icons will be bumped to the top and you'll be able to access those key four functions that you can use within um, within Outlook on the web. Uh, but below that, that's the interesting part that we didn't hear about for, for SharePoint, is the applications, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote, and even apps like Yammer. So it's suggesting that Microsoft 365 apps will be available from the Outlook app bar within Outlook. And so to me, this is starting to tell a story of what's going to happen to the current app launcher? You know, the one that's right at the very top. When you see that little waffle and you can, you know, that's basically, from my view, being replaced by what we're seeing with these new app bars coming into the uh, individual applications like SharePoint and Outlook. What yeah. are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think so. It, it is, we're going to, and I feel like we're in a transition time frame. I feel like we're going to be in this, in an air, and I love, you know, this is one of our messages that says, you might want to let your users know what's coming up what are you supposed to tell them i mean you could tell them what this message says but there's going to be some confusion here if i want to launch word what do i do do i click the word icon on the left bar here uh, for outlook or do i click on the um, applications menu and bring that up and then click well i mean really what it'll be is either but uh, mm -hmm. It's just a little bit of confusion. I think we're going to be multiple places uh, having the same link. And yeah. for those that are internet creators, uh, that's a bad, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's kind of confusing of having a link in two different places. Um, so I think we're maybe in this kind of transition period. Do you think so, Darren? Yeah, I think where we're going to here is wherever you are, you'd be able to get to what you need. Mm. That's it's not just global navigation for SharePoint, but it's global navigation for Microsoft 365. Um, and depending on the context that you're in, if you're in Outlook, you'll get your four main functions up there. If you're in SharePoint, you'll get the, the new, um, what do they call it, wayfinding applications <laughs> for finding your way mm -hmm. to files, yeah. sites, global nav, et cetera. Um, so that's the pattern. And really just finishing this message off, Daniel started a conversation mm -hmm. with uh, Jeff Tepa. Yeah, mm -hmm. here it is. Um, because you'd notice well, the same thing in past. Let's, let's make sure that Jeff Teeper started a conversation with me. Let's make sure. We, oh, okay. I, I was talking about just the app bar coming um, to Outlook. Okay. I mentioned it just as an interesting, and you can see it on the screen here, uh, linked uh, the Twitter conversation about mm -hmm. the app bar coming in Outlook. And I said, that's interesting given the app bar coming into SharePoint. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, so yes, as as you said, it's almost like the 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 two different product groups are talking to each other and trying to go for that. We actually had uh, another person way in there who is well known for talking about unification of look and feel of office, John Friedman. Mm-hmm. So that's his team, his role. Uh, so that's definitely what he's pitching at. But I did have one question for him. So as Daniel sort of comes bumps back up to a, the other thread that encapsulates this. Uh, one thing that we do see that's inconsistent right now is the app launcher across the different applications versus going into teams and it looks very different um, so we all know that experience if we're going into that for outlook on the web now or office on the web now this is i think what they're trying to tidy up mm-hmm. with the app bars that they're bringing into the products and while they didn't talk about what they're doing for the teams app bar um, i expect to see the same pattern however and i know we can't really talk about what that looks like and you know for hand on heart say that will truly happen I think there will definitely be confusion there because you've got the app bar for Teams and all the apps that you can pin there and then there's another place for different apps within Teams but then there'll be the app bar for Microsoft 365 over the top of that which may take you to whatever else that is. Hmm. It's and it's going back to the what we were talking about before with the SharePoint app bar. If you think about I am on my um my SharePoint home site or no, let's let's talk about this way. I'm on a SharePoint hub. It's not my home site. It's a hub. And so I have my hub navigation. I have my site navigation. And now I have this app bar navigation. I, mm-hmm. I've got navigation menus all over the place. And that's just in SharePoint. Just think about how this is going to, and they're going to be different than what's in Outlook, than what's in Teams, that it, for now at least. But it's just, mm. I think we're in a, an interesting time with with navigation yeah, yeah. A, I, you know i think we we're also doing a good job here today talking about the challenges and what that experience would be like for for our people as mm-hmm. they get used to this yeah. but yeah we've definitely uh done these two messages uh good and proper yeah so uh daniel let's let's uh, spin on over to your next one which uh you're talking about the ooh, that's the quick mentions there um yeah. there we go anonymous uh presenters yeah so this is allow, oh, sorry, allowing anonymous presenters in Microsoft Teams live events. Actually, it doesn't say Microsoft in there. MC240167. I totally botched that title. Uh, so this is allowing, uh, what it says, allowing anonymous presenters in Teams live events. It's coming uh, late March through early April. Time frame is the rollout time. Uh, when scheduling the live event, you can turn on the capability for anonymous presenters. The switch is called allow external presenters is the actual. It doesn't say anonymous. Um, at least that's what the screenshot shows uh, uh, us in this message. Um, the There is no charge for this, which is a nice uh, entry into this message telling us there's no charge for this feature. Uh, I say it's a good call out because... Uh, you know, we had that, we talked about the kerfluffle last week. Uh, um, yeah, maybe it's part of that additional plan. Maybe. <laughs> uh, um, there was a, you know, we discussed the kerfluffle last week uh, about when we add new features or changing names to licenses, people start asking questions about cost and and, and everything else. So uh, it help us, it also helps us know that it's not part of that advanced communication add-on 
right? It's not part of that add-on for Teams. Um, again, wanted to call out though, it's very important that uh, you know, once you have a live event set up, if it wasn't turned on, you can't turn it on for it. it they've called that out. You have to do it whenever you're setting it up um, to turn that switch on. So, Do you feel that the word anonymous is a bit scary at that point? Like, yes. Because you're not really <coughs> saying, hey, anyone can come in and be a presenter right. in a live event. They still have to be, as external people, invited into that yeah. production meeting, right. whereas the rest of the audience is 20 to 30 seconds behind in that buffer zone. Yes. Uh, so basically, the, there will be a promotion process where you know you promote this person who is a guest who is joining to be a presenter um you're right though when i read this and say anonymous presenter does, is this turning live events into teams meetings where you know anyone can just come in and go click i'm presenting yay because you know teams is has always been about um, not always, they've changed recently, but it's before it was anyone who's in can, you know, start presenting and doing weird stuff. So, um, it, anonymous does kind of, eh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's better to, to stick with the external presenters cause that's, yeah, yeah. it's about trying to enable people from outside your organization to yeah. present within a live meeting and be part of that. Yep. So good to see that come. Speaking of attendees being view mm -hmm. only, which is what I was just talking about. Our next message is about view only attendees, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, oh. Gets to the end of the day and I struggle to try and find it. There it is. Hey, and you've got it on screen too. Teams meetings to support view only attendees, MC240169. Um, sounds like quite a benign uh, topic there too. However, do take a close look because I did and I learned a few more things about what they're planning. And now think about what we've just talked about with live events. The goal there is to address large audiences, to live stream to lots of people, but you do have two separate experiences. The people in the production meeting are live between themselves. You know, real time, I can have a chat with Daniel, we can do like side chats and stuff as we type to give each other instructions, whatever, you know. Um, but our audience is 20 to 30 seconds behind. They're seen it via um, Azure Media Services, and they're just seeing whatever we choose to present to them. Mm -hmm. uh, they could respond with other various things that you can add in for polls and stuff like that, but they really can't type anything in chat. They can't come off mute. They can't be elevated to a presenter. And so that deals with the really big audiences. Mm -hmm. Now, coming back to the heart of this message is about a Teams meeting. Teams meetings are in real time. And whether your audience is muted or not, can come off mute or not, um, everything is happening in real time. So they can, they can type something in the chat. They can uh, maybe raise their hand. They can, now they can show their um, reactions as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's only up until a certain point of 300 people. That's the max. And once you hit that, then people get turned away at the virtual door. They can't come in. And so what, what um, Microsoft Teams is aiming with this feature is to try and allow an overflow. <clears throat> and so what will happen is you'll hit that 300 mark. And that's the really interesting thing here is that it's actually taking some of the services from Teams live events 
and using it for that overflow. So you hit your 300 and those 300 people in there, they can interact, they can chat, they can do whatever you have set uh, for them to allow to be able to do because we know we can also button that down as well. But our overflow audience then go into a Teams live stream experience, view only. They can view the content that's been shared, um, like a, a shared desktop or a shared application. They can hear, of course, what's going on in the meeting, um, but there is no real-time chat. There is no – actually, the interesting thing in this message too, it said there's no viewing of some of the meeting applications. And I would say that's something like um, Microsoft Whiteboard might be one of those examples. Um, so that that is a, a good thing to see come because – uh, we do need to have sometimes those real-time meeting experiences. Um, but the interesting thing with this message, Daniel, is there's two phases to it. Temporary increase to 20,000 view participants only from February through to June. I'm like, well, what's the deal there with February through to June? And I mentioned earlier, it is borrowing some of the services from Microsoft Teams live events. What do they do with live events uh, recently over the the COVID period and and trying to allow more people to attend um, town hall meetings, they bolstered those numbers, but they said for a limited time only. <laughs> so that's what they're doing. Phase two, they'll dial it back down to 10,000 view only participants after the 1st of July. Um, yeah, I saw something in there too about uh, meet, this update will allow meeting organizers to assign an who have been assigned an appropriate license will be able I to host that Teams meeting. And I thought, uh-oh, is this that yeah. communication license thing again? No. Uh, it just means that as long as you've got the E5, E3, A5, A3 license that mentions earlier in the message, then you'll be able to do this. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and when you are coming in as one of those overflow audience people, you can't change roles, right? So if, if 50 people drop off that real-time experience, and now there's only 250 in there. It's not like you get bumped into the, the more interactive space. Right. You are there for so, the ride. You can't be elevated. So the analogy that I really had is, think about this. You're at a conference. The room holds 300 people. Uh, however, they're simulcasting the presentation into another room, a large room. Well, um, the people that are being in the large room, they can't ask questions. They can't, I mean, they can't be promoted as a presenter, obviously, because they're way over there. Uh, they can't really interact with any of the, you know, uh, visuals if the presenter's throwing out candy or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, well, you know, soft candy, you know, things that won't soft hurt candy, if you throw right. it out. Marshmallows. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So, um, and then those in the 300, you know, they have the full experience. So that, that's kind of analogy that. I like that analogy. <clears throat> yeah, for those large conferences, that's exactly how it plays out. And, you know, you're not going to be rushing across the um, compound or the, mm. the area there to try and get into that room because now there's room to get in there to, right. to see uh, Jeff Deeper. Right. right. Maybe you will. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Um, the One other thing I saw in here is that this feature – uh, does not support the e-discovery of data. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that is, um, you will not see, meeting organizers will not see view-only participants in attendee counts or reports. Mm -hmm. uh, so, mm -hmm. so basically that overflow, it's the same analogy. 
I'm presenting yep. to this 300 people. It's a packed room. There's 300. Woohoo. That's all I yep. know that showed up. I don't know the, yep. the other big room. I don't know when they came in, when they left. I, I have no idea. Um, so. Admittedly, there isn't really anything that they add to the meeting. I mean, if you wanted to take attendance, yeah. great. Right. Good well, for you. That's, that's a, I think, the key call out is that you can't take attendance. When over yep. that 300, you can't view these view only attendees. You can't take attendance. That's all. Mm -hmm. So don't, not don't try to do that. The chat, so it's not like you've got to discover any naughty phrases they might have said in response right. to. Right. Anyway. Wow. We're really having fun with these, uh, with these messages. We are. Um, so we, let's do some we're quick, make mentions. quick mentions really quick. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, let's look at public groups in Microsoft forums. Yes. Yes. Was that my one? Yes. It was That's why I'm Okay, let me quickly find that. Sorry, sorry, people. Sorry. <laughs> we do this often, don't we? Like, we spin over to uh, something that yeah. was uh, there we go, introduced into public forms. Okay, so um, introducing change to access behavior for public groups in Microsoft Forms. This is MC240161. I'm just being lazy. I didn't bring it up on my own screen. Um, really short message and brief brief to, to mention about it. You create a form. You can uh, make that available to a public Microsoft 365 group. Mm -hmm. That means that anyone in the group can edit, see the results or responses, um, respond to it, of course. But um, public groups, uh, you normally have to join, mm -hmm. say, like a Microsoft public team to be able to engage in that. Um, in this case, up until today, you can go in and interact with that form and not actually have to be part of that group, right? You can go in and see the results and the responses. And so that's uh, it's a bit concerning for, for um, I guess, privacy if it's not been used correctly or hasn't been thought about. The change is that if you're going to be able to access this, you're going to have to join that public group. And so there'll be a bit more that you can, um, I guess, audit variously from there yeah it, um it is um yeah. something is it really is just acting the way it should that's the way i thought about that one it, it's <laughs> yeah. you know so exactly the next quick one is about uh onedrive ios files app integration temporarily entering read-only mode this is actually a big deal if you use it mc240203 uh, this is a call out letting you know that Microsoft has actually disabled file syncing in the OneDrive iOS app for now. Um, so this is the file app integration. It's not, it's not right. you know pictures. It's not f the files that you have on your you know syncing in OneDrive. Oh, it's yeah. the You've files. Got yes, um, yeah. and so I ran into this when I. Uh, before I read the message, I ran into this. I created a file in the Office app, okay, not the yeah. OneDrive, and I went to save it in OneDrive, and it was like, wow, we can't sync it. Sorry. Like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> that's the whole point here. And that's why the, it, any of that file app integration uh, does not work right now. Uh, when version Well, can I say something? Let me read this to one me, thing. Honestly, this is supposed to be a quick worked. mention. Uh, when I know version... it's a quick one. I had to throw this opinion in. That the, the Apple, the iOS Files app works great for some other applications. Yeah. It has basically never worked for me for yeah. OneDrive and yeah. that integration. I can't go to Files and then find my OneDrive and then see my files in there. So I get it. They're disabling something for me that hasn't worked. <laughs> when version 12.18, 12.18, 
of the iOS app is released, the issue will be fixed, is what they're saying uh, in this message. So uh, the, uh, the next message that I want to is the new file sharing experience in Teams. This is MC240303. And this is really calling back to what we talked about in episode 154. So if you're listening to this on recorded, just hit pause, go back to episode 154 and uh, listen. Why are you laughing? I'm, I'm being serious. Uh, well, you're giving the link there. Should we link it? We'll link it in the corner. Yes, uh, you can actually, uh, I'll say it. You can go to go.messagecenter.show slash 154v which is for the voice. So that'll take you to the audio page. I don't have one. Okay. Or just slash one, five, four, and it'll take you to the video, but you can just click on the thing up top. Yes. So <laughs> mid uh, March through mid April, rolling this out. This is something we talked about. It's just basically bringing the same sharing experience from SharePoint, OneDrive file on your, on your file explorer. If you're using the OneDrive uh, into teams, that's all it is. So one last very quick mention they were, <laughs> uh, text predictions and word for Windows, MC240605. The same predictions that you get from Outlook on the web, and they started to bring it to Outlook for Windows. Tappity tap. Oh, look, it's recognized a word, and it's going to suggest it to me. I'm going to hit tab, and it will complete. So That's now we can, to word we, can, on the desktop. we can write our thesis out for college exam, uh, studies in, in yeah. uh, let Word write it for because well, i know you love to... these text predictions I... oh yeah 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 because we all want to sound the same no it's supposed to learn based on you know as we type things it'll learn um you know what sort of predictions to, to make for us yeah. but what i do like is that with that unified office application settings if you change it in outlook for desktop it's going to and turn it off it's going to be off for word excel powerpoint whenever it comes to those um it'll be off for word Yes. So let's do a quick callback. Um, we yes, have a yeah. callback about recordings. Hmm, um, let's just say, okay, so it is an updated uh, message, as, mm -hmm. as you see on screen. Uh, Teams meeting recordings, safe to OneDrive and SharePoint. This is MC222640, originally published in September. Uh, it was announced at, at Ignite last year, um, and it's quite a big, big deal. Um, when you hit record on a Teams meeting, um, what they're shifting away from is storing those meeting recordings in stream and storing private meetings in the OneDrive of the person who hit record. And if it's a channel meeting, then it'll be stored in the channel, uh, which also means the file will sit within SharePoint behind that channel. Um, and so the update to this message is that they have supposedly completed the rollout of this. Uh, initially, it was an opt-in around October, mm. uh, and then it started to become the default experience for, uh, for everyone from January 7th and supposedly finished here uh, late, late February. Um, there is still probably a few that might want to hang on to that string functionality, so you can do that if you're really want to and you can use your powershell commands to to make that sit and turn that way um but yeah it will eventually be the only experience mm -hmm. now one of the reasons i bring this up um is it's the one of the goals of it is i want to be able to share a meeting recording with someone from outside of my organization if it was sitting in stream couldn't do it had to download it send it to them somehow 
maybe even drop it into OneDrive, which is kind of why we went in that direction. Save it to OneDrive anyway, because that's what you've been doing. And if your organization allows you to share things externally, you've got that policy in place, and maybe you're allowed to share files with specific people outside of your organization, ideal. Um, I guess I'll put this question to people as this feature has landed. How's it going for you? Is it consistent? Is it working? Can you share those meeting recordings with people? Do you even need to? Like, they've been invited to a meeting, so surely they can go in and see within the chat, oh, look, there's the meeting recording. I'll just click on that, and I'm a guest in the environment, or maybe not, just anonymous, but I can go in and I can... Sorry, I shouldn't say anonymous. I've been a specific invitee yes. to that meeting. So I, my name has been added to the file that has been shared explicitly with me. I can view that. Has that been your experience? Well, Daniel, have you had experience with it? I haven't had too much experience, but I will be this week. Um, but <laughs> I want to hear about your experience and we'll, we can yeah. listen to, you know, we'll see the those in chat. Please let us know. Uh, what your experience is with this, but what what are your experiences on this? Uh, having your recordings saved to OneDrive in SharePoint. Depending. Yeah, well, remember these are for private meetings, mm -hmm. and it's the the convenient part of it is you don't have to add anyone's name to that recording. It'll see that you were invited to the meeting, so it'll the system will add your name and share it explicitly with you. I've been on the receiving end and the giving end of this. I've had a recording, made a recording a couple of times this week, and even people within my own organization can't access it from OneDrive. Not sure what's happening there. I've been on the receiving end where someone has invited me to a meeting. Um, they've shared that that um, recording with me. Again, I can't access it, so they've had to download it and upload it to somewhere else. So I'm interested to know if this is just my experience across different environments or whether there has been some inconsistency. It sounds um, like for you, so, yeah. the, the sharing hasn't been working. I mean, no. really, and, you no, know, that's it, what's happening. Yeah, yeah, and I go in and I can check, is that file shared with the people that were part of that meeting? Yep, you can go into OneDrive, you can go to your uh, manage access, you know, when you go to share something, you can hit the ellipsis button, three dots, manage access, and you'll see the different links that are available. Um, I can see people's names there that were invited to the meeting. And that's where I would add additional people if I wanted to share it with other people outside of my org. Yeah, We'll see. That's, Let us know. Yes, please do. Um, the Hit us up on Twitter, and our Twitter uh, handles are here below. Mine is Daniel mm -hmm. Glenn. Daryl's is Daryl AAS as a service. Um, the, and let us know what you think about the show. Hit us up on, on the Twitters, uh, and Facebook and LinkedIn for the 365 message center show is our handles are 365 MCS. We'd love to hear, uh, from you. And we've got some ideas about some sh messing around and engaging and, uh, with, with the audience for the future. So we'd love to hear what you think and what you would uh, want to see. So, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today in the chat room. Really appreciate it. And thank you, Daryl, for joining us, joining me. <laughs> hey, it's always a pleasure. A lot of fun. <laughs> yep. All right, everyone. Thank you, and uh, have a great week. Bye.